Good morning. I think it was on Wednesday of this past week, it caught my attention that the Metropolitan Transit Authority, better known as the MTA of our city, had modified their slogan, see something, say something. I sat down on the F train headed for the final stop, final stop being 179th Street, Jamaica, Queens. Across from me sat a woman reading a paperback novel and an older gentleman preoccupied with his smartphone. There it was, above their heads, a sign that said, if you see someone in need, say something to us. It may appear that see something, say something no longer works or was too ambiguous. Perhaps there was a late realization that this was not the clearest communication, or perhaps it was a matter of making clear the obvious. Christ Church, I, I've been pondering many things. For example, I've pondered over these last several days, what does it mean to be a Christian? Or better still, what does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Sunday after Sunday, day after day, we must ask ourselves this very question. It is in the questioning of that that I am challenged to be a Christian at all times and at all costs. I often say the hardest thing for Christians to do is to live out the gospel. It is not just for reading and not ingesting the message. It is not just for historical accounts of the Almighty Creator. It is not just for sitting on the coffee table collecting dust. It is for the serious men, women, boys, and girls who want to be Christians in the truest sense, not simply because it sounds in vogue or très chic. In February 1954, while still a graduate student at Boston University, the Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. preached a sermon at Detroit's Second Baptist Church. There he proclaimed, the thing that we need in the world today is a group of men and women who will stand up for what is right and be opposed to wrong wherever it is. That same sentiment would ring out today if he were alive to speak with us. Will we see someone in need and tell those who have power and can address it? You see, if I had to tag this sermon, I would say required speech. King Sunday helps us, you see, to give perspective on what it truly means to be a Christian. Through his life's journey, Dr. King gives a Christian response to seeing someone in need. In remembering his life, we see the one who saw injustice and had the courage, courage to say something. We see that he experienced oppression and overcame the degradation and social ills of his time because he said something. We see the example of martyrdom in the life of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., because he tried to live the gospel before others by loving them and was willing to lay down his life for his friends.
This text is a familiar passage. In the church, we talk about love, but we don't live it. We idealize the characteristics of love in others, but we don't receive their love. We say we want the love of Christ, but we turn our backs away from it. No matter what we say, everyone wants to love and be loved. Besides, God is love, and we know our God to be a relational God. We see and experience God in relationships of all kinds. As King reminds us, we cannot get caught up simply on Eros love. Yes, Dr. King addresses the various biblical forms of love in his sermon, Loving Your Enemies. We don't think of it as often as some of his other famous speeches, sermons, and pithy statements. Some of his familiar sayings on the, on the love that Luke writes about in his gospel are, darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. Or maybe you remember this one. I have decided to stick with love. Hate is too great a burden to bear. Maybe you remember his saying, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. The beauty about today and the reason we lift up this 20th century prophet is that we have come to appreciate the fact that it was his love for God and God's people that the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. could stand on the side of love in the face of evil and oppression. Who can argue that we need a little more love? Really? When we hear his words, read his manuscripts, listen to his sermons, we see and hear a prophet who represents the voice of God among humanity. We want to aspire to be like him. We want the courage to be like him. We want the holy, holy boldness to speak truth to power like him. We want to risk our very lives to have a faith like him. Well, God is not asking you to be another Martin Luther King Jr. There could only be one. God wants you to love God's creation and God's people in the ways Martin King did. This man with a simple logic that professed a simply profound love for everybody came to show an example of love that the world needs to see today. I have just one question for you, Christ Church. How do you say you love God whom you do not see, but hate your brother or sister whom you do see? You see, first John tells us those who say I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. It is not possible to say you love all American citizens, but you hate those who migrated from Haiti 
El Salvador, Kenya, Nigeria, Ghana, South Africa, Ethiopia, Liberia, Nigeria, Lesotho, Botswana, Sierra Leone, Egypt, or any of the other African countries. It is simply not possible. Love is not a bipartisan issue. It is a Christian virtue. Love is not a segregated issue. It is a principal teaching of Jesus Christ. Love is not an ethnic identifier. It is a human equalizer. Dr. King said, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. Now I believe an amen goes right there. Amen. You see, Luke's passage speaks to the compassionate spirits among believers. Let us be clear, church, the kind of compassion is not for the faint at heart. It takes strong believers, those who know who they are and whose they are, to love their enemies. You see, I can't stand right here now and say, I want to sing, we shall overcome with you. I'm a little too angry for that. I can't say, stand to your feet, let's join hands and sing kumbaya, kumbaya with you. I, no, I can't do that. I'm a little too angry for that. Yes, this Jesus Luke writes about is telling his followers to love their enemies. Pray for those who mistreat you. Bless those who curse you. Don't even hesitate to give them the shirt off your back. Would to God, church, that we would find people like these especially in the church. Someone said, if you're looking for a nice, comfortable religion that doesn't come with too many demands on your life, makes you feel better when you're down and will reserve luxury sweets in heaven when you die, then you probably shouldn't try to be one of Jesus' disciples. Yes, they go on to say he is demanding. He has the crazy notion that his followers should serve others rather than themselves. He expects them to show integrity when no one is looking. And he expects them to love, not just people who occasionally have a bad day, but enemies. Jesus expects you to love your enemies. Don't follow him unless you're ready to experience some discomfort, they said. Anyone want to sign up today? In response, you see, to the message of hate, that we find in the world, Jesus gives us four expectations to counter that very hate. In this passage, you see, he gives us in the Greek strong action words, which mean to love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, to speak well of others, and to pray or to intercede for them. How do I love my enemies? You ask with all seriousness. Hmm. This isn't a matter of just thinking nice thoughts. We need Jesus to create in us clean hearts and renew right spirits within us to put the kind of heart within us toward our enemies that was in God who sent Jesus to redeem and forgive a world full of despicable people. Someone else who wrote that said, as someone said, God haters. These people are God haters, vulgar foul-mouthed, unfaithful to spouses, lying, cheating, stealing, selfish. And yes, the list goes on. 
and on to describe us at our worst. Somehow God loves the people of Israel who thumb their noses at him again and again, and yet God does not quit. Amen. King was the first African-American, yes, to be named Time Magazine's Man of the Year in 1963, and yes, the youngest man to be presented the Nobel Peace Prize at the young age of 35 at that time. Yes, there are quotes and facts that we remember this time of year, things that we research, things that we may hear on the radio, on the TV, or even see in certain movies that help us remember his teachings and guiding theological, philosophical, and moral principles. For one, King said, we must develop and maintain the capacity to forgive. He who is devoid of the power to forgive is devoid of the power to love, there is some good in the worst of us and some evil in the best. Yet concerning his sermon on the theme, loving your enemies, King said, certainly these are great words. Yes, our text this morning he's talking about. Words lifted to cosmic proportions, King said. The words of this text glitter in our eyes with, with new urgency. Far from being the pious injunction of a utopian dreamer, this command is an absolute necessity for the survival of our civilization. Yes, Dr. King went on to say, yes, it is love that will save our world and our civilization. Love, even for enemies. Well, my grandmama used to love to remind us about the golden rule. It's in there too. But so much for the golden rule when we look at the TV and this week we see what has happened. I have to stop and ask, what country are we living in? My grandmother didn't live to see this day and she might have been proud. When we look and we see and we hear things that rattle our minds, I have to wonder when will the curtain be pulled back to show that we have been living in the twilight zone. I cannot call JetBlue or Delta Airlines and book a flight to blank hole. My international phone plan doesn't include blank hole. I can't send letters or packages to a place called blank hole. You see, I, I haven't done any of the scientific tests to show my exact ancestry. However, what I know for certain is that I am the granddaughter of sharecroppers and a descendant of slaves. I don't know exactly which country, but I know that I have African blood running through my veins. I am very proud of my West African heritage. I am proud even of my South Carolinian upbringing, fraught with all the tensions of that Dixie soil to include slavery, Reconstruction, and Jim and Jane Crowism. Even though I have traversed that southern soil, as so many of my ancestors did, to migrate to the north, the longer I live in the north, the more I appreciate my southern upbringing. There are just some things you just don't do, some things you just don't say, or at least in mixed company. Amen, somebody. Amen. I come from a place where we didn't have a mass transit system in the town where I grew up. 
to find myself here in New York City where the messages, it seems at times, are sobering. Now that I've been here 20 years, this place where there's mass transit running around the clock and the constant barrage of messages that will prick your attention. The MTA message was not lost on me in its first iteration, but for this train ride, it really struck a chord and I thought about Dr. King, who said history will have to record that the greatest tragedy of this present period of social transition was not the vitriolic words and the violent actions of the bad people, but the appalling silence and indifference of the good people. Amen. You see, speech is required here today, church. First, as disciples of Christ, we should be the good people. That applies to DACA. Two, the disciples of Christ, we should not remain silent. That applies to racism. Third, as disciples of Christ, we should be the light shining in a dark world. And yes, that applies to political correctness. So beloved, people of Christ church, people of goodwill, this is no time for silence. If you see someone in need, will you say something? Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.